This is KDXI St. George, Radio St. George at 100.3 FM. And we now present to you On the Arts, an hour of discussion and discovery about the arts in St. George and Southern Utah. And now your hosts for On the Arts, Michael and Christina Harding. Good afternoon, well, St. George. Hello, hello. This is Michael Harding. <laughs> and this is Christina Harding. And we're here with On the Arts, that show that it is dedicated to blowing oh. the lid off of all of these little artistic secrets we have here so in Southern many. Utah. Yes. And we've got a lot of things that are coming up. What well, kind of things do we, we have? We have some wonderful events coming up. On April 19th, we have at the Tabernacle, the Southern Utah Heritage Choir will be singing, and that will be free to the public. And I'm sure that will be a beautiful night. And uh, in Santa Clara, Shakespeare in the Park will be performed performing this weekend, April 12th, 13th, and 15th. They will be across from the City Hall. Their show starts at 8.15, and this is free to the public. So if you want to take your family out there, I hear there's going to be food trucks. You can put out a blanket and watch all of these community members put on a wonderful Shakespeare play. I believe it's a Midsummer Night's Dream they will be performing. And, and we, I've yes, actually heard yes. that those food trucks are going to be there, open and ready for business at 5 p.m. 5 p.m., so you can eat first and sit and relax and then enjoy a wonderful evening of Shakespeare under the stars. And if you'd like to have a three-hour and 15-minute dinner, then get there at five, (laughs) certainly. (laughs) And you know what? I wouldn't mind a three-hour dinner. That would sound pretty good. Also... Date night. Yes, date night. Also, out in Cedar City, the beautiful town of Cedar City, at the Courtyard, they are going to be doing a reading. The Women of Will will be doing a staged reading of Bigger Than Me. And this is a play about domestic violence that they've... uh, A playwright in Cedar City has, has, has a written. (laughs) I can't find my words. And Women of Will will be presenting this. And then we have also at Brigham's, they are performing Crazy for You. That's still going on for, I believe, the next two weekends. And don't forget that we have Art Around the Corner still going on. And that will be from here. Isn't that the next six months, I believe, that we will see all this art? Absolutely. Uh And uh, if you've been traumatized over the last six months with a big arachnid. Hey, no. No, the spider is gone. (laughs) But we have instead a huge snake. That's pretty cool looking, too. But I do miss the spider, and I want the spider back. So I'm just putting that out there. I'm going to actually put out to our audience the Mm -hmm. opportunity to share with us on on the oh, arts no, on you're Facebook. Open up a can of worms. Let me what know you what doing? you think the next big sculpture is going to be. Oh. We have an arachnid, then we have a snake. What's yes. the next thing? Is it going to be? I don't know, a, a, a griffin or a, griffin, yeah, a scorpion? Yeah. Or, well, I have a no scorpion idea. would be pretty cool too. <laughs> I'm going to miss the spider though. I loved the Christmas spider. I thought it was very festive, and it brought me a lot of joy. And we've so, even mentioned the Easter spider, where you know we thought maybe they could put bunny ears this, on top yeah, of it. Or, but it's not there anymore. So yeah. So now we have the snake, but yes. a lot of wonderful, wonderful artistic oh, pieces yeah. that are being displayed. Yes, and that's free also. So you can walk around St. George and stop off at the little restaurants and the shops. At the side. It's isn't St. George lovely this time of year too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And the art festival is coming up this month also before Easter. And so there's so many wonderful things. And I do hope that people will take advantage of Shakespeare in the Park and Santa Clara because I have heard Mm -hmm. that it gets a little bit hot here in St. George. (laughs) And uh, that may not be the best time to do outdoor Shakespeare. Yes. I think they have absolutely, absolutely. We're both having well, trouble here. Yeah, it's here. four o'clock. Like we Shakespeare said, it's time made for up dinner. words. Yeah. So can I. Uh-huh. Um, absolutely, Talk the best I time of year. Talk about and you'll be fine. <laughs> Not even. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, on the Shakespeare in the Park is all the all these actors have volunteered their time to put together this wonderful event. So I think kudos to them. You and know, check it out. I understand yeah. it's a very very fun mm-hmm. production. Yeah. So anyway, we we actually 
have a lot of wonderful people here in Southern Utah that mm-hmm. I've heard the names of, yes. but haven't necessarily had the opportunity to get to know. Or and we're friends with them on Facebook, and we've never met them in person. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and uh, now Facebook, yes, that brings us all together, oh, sort of, yeah. kind of. Mm-hmm. But this now, over the airwaves, we can actually get yes. together and get to know folks. Yes. Well, the, the guests we have in the studio today are two <gasps> that I'm, I'm very excited yes. to talk to, and, and mm-hmm. we have a topic that's very exciting to talk about. Now, this this is my time for my segue. Are you going to sing? I, I am not going okay, to sing thank you. much to the, okay. the joy of everyone here in the studio <laughs> and who's listening. Oh, wow. Okay. But I will tell you, in trying to think of what would be the best way to relate myself to, hmm. you know, the two that we have in the studio. Mm-hmm. And I got to thinking about a lot of small towns. And I've lived in quite a few small towns. My father was military. So, you know, pick a small town in the country. And we were there as well as some larger ones. But one of the things that I noticed in every single small town, there was a group of young people. And these people would open up their garage door and they would have a grunge band or they would do garage band. And it was, you know, everybody, every town you go to, there's that group of kids who they put together their group. And actually, some of them have gone on to do some pretty cool things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and of course, we have some names of bands nowadays, Nirvana, things like that, uh, where they actually did go to larger places. But if you went to a small town and said, yeah, we're putting together a music group, that's what you would think of. You would think of those garage bands, those grunge bands and such. And for the longest time, that's what I thought of when I thought of small town music. But then with today's guests, I started doing some research into small towns again. And I noticed that there's another very common musical link out there. And that's something called an opera group or an opera guild or a small opera theater. A group of people that get together, not necessarily to just play their guitars really loudly and annoy the neighbors, (laughs) but a group that actually focuses and concentrates on a very specific style of music, a a very large style of music, an epic style of music in my mind. And please know I'm coming at this from a place of relative ignorance uh, Mm -hmm. as far as opera is concerned. But we're very, very happy to have in the studio with us today... Amy Nielsen and David Sawyer. Welcome. Oh, you have to add doctor to that. Doctor. You know, as I was saying your name, I thought maybe I should add And I even underlined it right there so you would get that doctor in there. Dr. Amy Nielsen. Yes. Ignoring the paper right in front of me. And Dr. David Sauer. Doctors all around, let's say. But welcome to the studio. Welcome Welcome to On the Arts. We we can sing to you, but can't save your life. (laughs) And sometimes that's all you need. (laughs) Fix our soul. Fix our souls, please. I have to say, one of of the joys of the show is getting to know the people, but a little bit to start us out, you're here representing St. George Opera. Right. What is St. George Opera? What? So we are a professional opera company located here in St. George, and uh, we do operas for the community Ah. to come enjoy, you know? (laughs) It's exciting. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, we're we're a nonprofit, 501c3, Hmm. um, and uh, we've got some some great support from uh, Washington County, St. George City, um, and so we're we're excited for what we have going on, building building an audience, and uh, have some exciting stuff coming up next year. Um, Actually, this... uh, Today we we wanted to, if it's okay with you, announce yes. some of the shows that we have coming we up next year. We would love you to, yes. First time anybody will ever, <gasps> ever hear it. So, dun, dun, dun. <gasps> yeah. Get ready. 
What? You heard it first <laughs> okay. on, on the arts. Yep. We're uh, lucky that Kienta, uh, the, the theater at Kienta, is going to be our home for next year. Great. And in October, we'll be doing Puccini's La Boheme. <gasps> and in March, uh, Verdi's La Traviata. Oh, oh fantastic. Wow. So it's going to be a, a fun season. Then there's several concerts going on throughout the year also. Oh, my. Are you bringing in uh, singers for this event, or are you going to have auditions? How are you going to do this? Both. So, what? Yeah, so we've... <laughs> Um, we're lucky uh, for La Boheme, uh, Dr. Robert Bro, who heads the uh, opera program up at University of Utah, is going to come and guest direct that for us. <gasps> wow. Um, and he's, he's uh, amazing. So we're going to have some singers from all over Utah, and we're gonna, going to be having auditions for it also. So oh. and check out our website for more info about some of that stuff. Oh, and what wow. is the website? Is stjeorgeopera.com. Okay. Oh, very easy to remember. Straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just a note on that, um, it has been spelled out for the last three years, S-A-I-N-T, but we are going to be changing that so that will no longer be accurate. So you just stjeorgeopera.com. Ah, very nice. Also, we like abbreviations. Check out yes. Facebook or Instagram and any of those okay. you can find us. So. Well, no, I'm going to say I'm very excited about this because opera, I think, is a very underappreciated uh, mm. art form. And that you always run the risk when you say opera is underappreciated of people saying, oh, well, that's uh, hoity-toity, or that's Going an elite to the opera, person. Yes. And I'll tell you, speaking from a theater perspective, one of the things that disheartens me is whenever somebody leaves a theater after seeing a show by Ibsen or Shakespeare or something like that, and they say something akin to, I guess that was above me. Or I guess I'm not up to that. And what I'm hoping will happen, not only in talking to you in the opera realm, but also in uh, the theater realm and the art realm and the writing realm and uh, you know all levels of music, is to let people know that it can be appreciated by anyone. Right. Yeah, anyone. Absolutely. And the, I'm going to say I am not an opera singer. I'm, I'm confessing this uh, over the air. And anybody who's heard me sing probably will agree quite readily with that. <laughs> But when you say you have auditions for the operas and such, are there roles for you know characters or people sure. who don't necessarily have those? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in, in opera, there's a word from that's called buffo. Um, oh, buffo. Uh-huh. That's the, the character role. I could and, be a buffo. A buffo. Uh-huh. I, I totally. like it. <laughs> totally. Yep. Um, and there's even some operas uh, and operettas, deflator mouse and things like that, that have roles that are non-singing roles. Um, so you find you have to find something that's not... A good opera singer, but that's a really good stage actor. Mm. And so there's there's definitely opportunities for that. And also, um, in addition to full operas, this will be the first time in three years St. George Opera has done full operas. So this is a pretty this 2019 is going to be a pretty historic year for us. Oh, um, we've we've existed as our own nonprofit since uh, 2016. Well, we umbrellaed under Arts Inc. at 2016 when we were reorganized, and then 2017 we became our own nonprofit officially in the fall. And so we've been around since then, uh, doing small concerts and. And uh, scenes. Um, we've done some Halloween shows in the past yes. with a mix of opera, musical theater, and um, uh, even Disney sometimes. And those have been really fun. And we also have done some one-act operas, and we hope to continue that tradition. So if you're scared of thinking, oh, I don't know if I want to try out a full opera right now, <laughs> then you know what? We're doing still some works in English, and they're an hour long, 45 minutes long. Great ways. They're called one-act operas. Great ways if you're a little scared of coming to a full opera, which you shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Everyone can find one you like. I always say... 
opera may not be for everyone, but there is an opera for everyone. So you need to Mm -hmm. try more than one opera because there's a lot of different types and styles, comic and serious and mix. And you just, you never know what style or show of opera you'll find that you actually fall in love with. So we'll be doing some one-act operas as well as the full-length operas, and they'll be in English. And our our full operas will be in foreign languages, but we project the English subtitles so everyone can understand. And uh, some neat things coming up that way. So we really want to encourage everybody to try it out. We do have something for everyone in our concerts, another great way to get introduced to opera. Um, Our Halloween shows, which took all levels of artists from young elementary through to professional adult, semi-professional, amateur. That show we've always kind of included everyone in a variety of scenes. Been really, really fun, and uh, we hope to continue that too at some point. But you never know what we're going to do. Just get, find a way, find an event, and come see us. And, and don't, uh, you know, we say before you doubt, try us out. Uh-huh, Yeah. You're full yeah. of these phrases. I yes. love this. I, I don't have any of those. Oh, Sorry. come on, David. <laughs> now, David, where are you from? Are so you I, from St. George? I, I'm, I'm not, but I'm from the desert. Uh, I grew up in Lancaster, California. <laughs> okay. So it's in the Mojave Desert, uh, northeast corner of Los Angeles County. Um, and uh, it was. we said there were two seasons. There was hot and windy and warm and windy. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome. And so, to, so today yeah. feels like home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and then I, I uh, came to Utah. I went to BYU to study voice um, and then uh, went to Manhattan School of Music in New York for my master's degree and, oh, and wow. stayed there for a while and, and then uh, ended up back in Utah um, at University of Utah. Now you've performed. I, I've been reading, looking at your bio. How you've performed in in Italy? Yeah, I've, it? I've got to do um, three different operas in Italy. Um, so I think three of the last five years, I was I was in Italy singing. Oh wow! Um, so in fact, did La Boheme, La Traviata, oh. and another Puccini opera, La Rondine, um, there in Italy. Um, and yeah, I, I love it. It's it's great there. They don't have the subtitles there because you're singing in their right? own language. Right, you're like they don't need it. Yeah, <laughs> but you better uh, you better be understandable because they'll let you know if you're not. They will. So, yeah, <laughs> I bet. So, what brought you to St. George, and what brought you uh, to get into coots with Amy? Yeah, so I uh, a couple years ago I got offered a position at Southern Utah University to come um, uh, be on the adjunct faculty there teaching oh. voice. Um, so I've been there a couple years now. And uh, my um, office mate there was on the board for St. George Opera oh, and put me in contact Shannon, with Amy. Shannon Burke. Um, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so so that's how I got involved. And then about a month ago, they asked me to take over as general director, and it's been a lot of fun. Wow. So, so. you're just commuting from Cedar City to do these events here, or right. do you live here? Uh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Up in Cedar City. Okay. Well, welcome. We're Thanks. glad you're here. What We're, a not an easy undertaking to take on, no, right? It's a lot of yeah. Fun, no. <laughs> yeah. I, totally I have it. particular thanks for you for pronouncing these names of the operas before we had to. <laughs> yeah, we looked at your bio and went, "Okay, how can we pronounce any of these?" <laughs> We could make it up and sound like we know what we're you doing. You know, and you might be right. So. <laughs> well, and to continue this on, Dr. Amy Nielsen, yes. who the heck are you? And uh, are, you, are you from this area? What yeah. brought you here? I've been in southern Utah since I was 13. So I'm a southern, sorry, I'm a southern Utah native. I've been here since I was 13. And uh, I went to BYU as well. And then I did my master's actually at the U. And I just finished my doctorate in December oh. of 2018 uh, from the University of Northern Colorado in vocal performance and opera directing. So Dave and I both are um, 
vocal performance and opera directing doctorate degree holders. And uh, basically just have been trying to run St. George Opera on my own for the last three years and um, had, had a small board, but uh, mostly a lot of work on my own and just really feeling frantic and uh, met David luckily through Shannon, as we said, and uh, basically said, you know, you just felt right. It felt right that he should join and he's been amazing so far. So I'm looking forward to the journey. And yeah, so that's a little bit about me. Wait, I'm kind of fascinating. Fa- I'm fascinating. Let me, <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we know that. Fascinating. I'm, I'm fascinated. Okay, thank you for, that was a Freudian slip there. Absolutely. Okay. Well, no, I, I was being very truthful. Okay. No, <laughs> but I, I'm very fascinated by the fact that both of you come from places that I wouldn't necessarily equate with opera. Uh, when I think of the origins of opera, I don't think Montana. Uh, I, I don't think necessarily the desert in California. What got you into this? Was it a musical yeah. family? Was it a, a particular moment? Yeah, the, the first opera I ever saw was the first one I was in. So, yeah, I, I did not grow up with opera. Oh. Um, and uh, so I, I was in choir in high school, and my choir was awful. Um, <laughs> it was really bad. That's okay. Um, we're, we're shortwave. They, yeah. they can't hear it. No. I, well, and if they do, they'll probably agree. But yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the community college had a choir that um, that you could join if you were still in high school. And, and so I went and did that. And the conductor there said, hey, you should take some voice lessons and put me in contact with one of the voice teachers at the community college. And then they said, hey, you could get a scholarship to college for this. I said, for singing? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, I don't play football or anything like the that. The national anthem right? at the football yeah, game? Exactly. <laughs> And so, um, so yeah, so they got me ready for auditions, and, and that's how I ended up getting into it. And, and I had no idea, but then I quickly fell in love with the art form. I said, I want to know how to make my voice do that stuff. Uh-huh. I have no idea. You know, I, I'd hear things and say, how do people do that? It's like watching the Olympics, but but with your ears, right? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. and so it was, it was cool to, you know, over over. Oh, I can't talk today either. Yeah, it's, it's contagious. I keep saying it. <laughs> Over a <laughs> you know, decade or so of training, you 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 figure it out, and it's a it's a fun journey. So it's it's fun to be able to share that with people mm-hmm. now. That's it. And my first experience was I knew nothing about opera um, until I actually went to BYU, which is crazy. I can't believe that I was in my 20s when I first discovered it. My family and I have sung together since I was little. So I don't know if anyone in Southern Utah remembers the Nielsen Singers. We were nicknamed the Von Trapp Family Singers. Um, You know, I'm the oldest of six. We (laughs) performed at the Tabernacle every year. We performed at the Visitor Center. We did private parties. I mean, we were really good six little kids singing up there from you know 14 on down to two and my little sister's getting their violin out so I've you know had music in my life for a long time but I knew nothing about opera until I went to BYU as a student and I sat in my first and one of my most favorite operas Bohem of course and I just thought what is this and and how do I become more involved I was touched on such a profound level that it it changed really my focus and and when I listened to great singing it impacts me in such a way that I, I want to be able to produce that feeling in other people. And though I may not be <laughs> the top of the top, which I want to be, but, you know, may never be in opera uh, to create that sort of feeling in people that I experience myself, yeah. that kind of joy and pain. That sounds terrible, but this <laughs> good pain and yes. and just, um, you know, music touches you in a way that almost nothing else does. And so for me, that's why I wanted to pursue it and keep up with music because of that kind of feeling and that transcendent 
a space that it gives you and yeah. that can bring you to. Well, now, you've performed in uh, Germany, France, and uh, New Zealand? Yes. Was this with a company or a show? Uh, um, in uh, France and Germany, yes. It was with a, um, an opera company in Europe, uh, a professional company. Uh, New Zealand was just... Uh, um, uh, church functions more. Wow. Uh, so non-professional, but yeah. uh, the others were with professional companies. So I'm not as, wow. as seasoned a performer as David here, but, um, you know, it's fun and I, I look forward yeah. to directing more. I um, Brian Ludloff was, is an amazing director known throughout the United States for opera directing and uh, and uh, I was able to work with him in the inner student other in Colorado and so grateful for that. And and it's the, I really feel like the one good thing I got out of that school. He said, you have some talent as a director. And that really meant a lot to me. So wow. I'm excited yeah. to still be with St. George Opera as assistant director. And yes. I'm so grateful again that David's here to be general director. Because <laughs> <laughs> my knees were all about ready to buckle. And I didn't know what was going to happen if I didn't bring on more help. So. Oh, that's great. Well, I got to tell you guys, I, I am kind of starstruck. That's one of the reasons why I'm having yeah. trouble speaking. And it, it, it goes back to something that you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm very conscious of saying Amy or Dr. Nielsen oh, or, or what Amy have you. Amy is fine. <laughs> to our special guest. I, I only uh, make my students call me doctor yeah. when they've done yeah. something bad. Hey, you so. pay yeah. for it. You, you get called doctor. <laughs> I make my students call me doctor, and I don't even have a doctor. So. But uh, yeah. something that you mentioned is that music touches people in ways right. that very few, yes. if anything else, mm-hmm. truly, truly does. And the reason I'm so in awe of the two of you particularly here or anybody that can perform opera is because you have that ability to harness those pieces of work that are bigger than mm-hmm. us. Uh, you mentioned, uh, David, that you have to train, you have to learn how to make your voice do this or let your voice be a part of that. I, I, I was fortunate to grow up around a place called Wolf Trap. Oh, yeah. Uh, in Virginia. Uh-huh. And my grandfather would take me to operas. And I have to admit, I fell into the trap of, it's a lot of people just kind of screeching up there. I didn't get it. <laughs> or, or as they say in uh, the movie The Dark Knight, I don't mean to uh, you know trivial, trivialize. No, it's uh, Batman Begins. When uh, Bruce Wayne's father says, a little Wagner goes a long way. <laughs> uh, that's really where I came from. But, but I remember there were auditions for a show called For the Love of Three Oranges. And I had never heard of this before. I just knew that it was an opera piece. And I actually went to the auditions, and I didn't get in as a buffo. I guess that's a buffo? Buffo? Buffo. I want to be a buffo. (laughs) I remember standing there in the auditions, and these people could sing. And what really got me was not so much the quality of their voices, which was amazing, but it was this sense of pride and joy and excitement while they were singing. Mm -hmm. And I will never forget the look in some of their eyes. And that really touched me. I mean, I saw some operas after that. I I was fortunate to see uh, uh, La Traviata at the Met, Mm -hmm. Placido Domingo conducting, uh, which I never knew he did that. Uh Um, And, you know, some operas around, some more at Wolf Trap and such. But I've just always been struck by the sparkle in the eye of true opera singers. It's Mm -hmm. just really exciting to Mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, you think that opera is a 400-plus-year-old art form. The first opera is like 1601, 1604. <laughs> yeah. There's some argument. And it's but, still going on. And it's still going on. <laughs> and um, and it obviously has evolved massively over that time. You know, the styles change, you know, every 10 years or so, right? Um, and uh, and so there are some of those times, like Wagner that you talk about, that are there's just these huge, you know, the lady with the 
with the horned hat and the, uh, <laughs> and the spear yes. standing up there, right? Um, <laughs> the Bugs Bunny, which was yeah, the, uh-huh, yeah, the intro from us. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, you know, in the late 1800s, they, um, there was some pushback against that and a style evolved that was called verismo that um, was, a, you know, a literary style first. But it, um, and that's what La Boheme is, um, hmm. that... It's more about everyday life situations and drama that just happens between people and relationships and things like that. No magic and sorcerers and, you know, uh-huh. Um, and uh, so that's why we've decided to do that first so that people can, can relate to the story. Mm-hmm. It's a human story. It's not, you know, supernatural, like you said. So. Exciting. Well, we are about to take a break to do some news break. and weather, but yeah. we will be right back with On the Arts with Doctors Amy Nielsen and David Sauer Doctor and St. George yes. Opera. <laughs> Join us for the next half hour, and now some news and weather. Woohoo! This is Henry Fogel inviting you to join me for the next edition of Collector's Corner, heard every week on this station. You'll hear a complete concert by the Boston Symphony Orchestra from 1977, featuring conductor Klaus Tenstedt, Anton Webern's Passacaglia, Haydn's Symphony No. 100 in G, and Anton Bruckner's Magnificent Symphony No. 7 on the next edition of Collector's Corner. Collector's Corner. Mondays from 11 till 1 on Radio St. George 100.3. Even Stevens, a community partner and sponsor of the radio program at DSU. Not only does Even Stevens offer soups, salads, sandwiches, DoorDash delivery, and catering, but Even Stevens also donates a lot to local nonprofit organizations, helping them so they can more readily help others. 471 East St. George Boulevard. Thank you, Even Stevens. The St. George Recreation Center has activities for all ages, including adult kickball. Adult kickball registration is open now until May 15th, so get all your friends together and make sure to sign up. The City of St. George is a proud sponsor of Radio Dixie 91.3. This is Dr. Robert Briggs inviting you to join me this Sunday as I share some of the best sacred music ever written. This week on Sacred Sunday Mornings, Hear My Prayer Part 1. This Sunday at 8 a.m. and noon on Radio St. George 100.3 FM. Your home for jazz at night from 7 until 10. Radio St. George at 100.3 FM. Welcome back to Radio St. George 100.3 with On the Arts. And now your hosts, Michael and Christina Harding. Welcome back. We're back. And we are talking to <laughs> Dr. Amy Nielsen yes. and Dr. David Sauer. The doctors are in the house. Yes. Absolutely. And I, I, I am embarrassed about that. I should have known to use the title. <laughs> but, of course, we're talking about opera, and we started to get into the types of opera, and we got to know our guests just a little bit. Now, I have to ask, why opera in St. George? Mm. This yeah. I, I don't come here necessarily, and of course I'm not from here. I've been here for a little while now, but I don't think St. George, the bastion of the arts, uh, what got this rolling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so believe it or not, there are a lot of people here who love opera. 
Um, so you were talking about seeing uh, La Traviata at, at Metropolitan Opera, and they do live broadcasts of their operas about once a month. Um, and we just got that here in St. George in October at the Megaplex. They they do the the live uh, Met in HD broadcast. Oh wow! Well, before that, the closest <laughs> place to see him was Las Vegas, and there was a whole group of people that would get on a bus together and go down there and watch him once a month. <laughs> um, and uh, and so just from that, you know that there's there's enough people that it's important to and, and love the art form, and, and we feel like we can expand that and help bring that to people that haven't seen it before. Maybe they're, they're musical theater fans and, yeah. and love that. And musical theater comes out of the opera tradition. Mm-hmm. So, Got it. And, and have your audiences been growing yeah. for St. George Opera? Yeah. Um, we, uh, we were lucky to do a, a Valentine's concert at the Tabernacle in February. Um, and it was full. They were sending people oh, away. Oh, that's great. So it was, it was really they exciting. They were sending people away. Yeah. Wow. So that's, was that was exciting. It was we sad. We were but. sad about that. So if you got turned away, please come back. Yes. <laughs> uh huh. But it, it was exciting for us to see the potential that was yes. there. Yes. So. Yes. Well, that's you mentioned that musical theater came out of opera, mm-hmm. uh, truly. I want to mention that in your Halloween concert, uh, Christina and I, we were rehearsing for a show called Framed mm-hmm. at, at the time. Yeah. And our rehearsal stopped when we heard some of this. <laughs> Some These of the singing, and yes. not because we were irritated, but because oh, it, was it, it, it was so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It, we, I believe it was kind of a spontaneous. Everybody just stopped speaking, yep. and the director just stood. Yeah, and I have to admit as well, uh, you know, just to let people know how accessible some of these shows can be. After we heard some beautiful, beautiful classical mm-hmm. opera. All of a sudden, I heard something that I thought was Harry Potter or something. The, uh... <laughs> you, did. you did. We did do Harry Potter. <laughs> gotcha. And that just made us all smile in, in rehearsal. And then, of course, we, we went back to it. Um, but it, musical theater comes out of it. I've noticed that a lot of opera companies around the country are doing Gilbert and Sullivan. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Gilbert and Sullivan, a lot of people think of Wagner and then Gilbert and Sullivan. Uh I've always loved the work of Gilbert and Sullivan, mm-hmm. but of course, a lot of people have heard of the Pirates of Penzance, right? Or HMS Pinafore. And is there any kind of looking down upon doing Gilbert and Sullivan, or is that something that's part of the legitimate? I, not for me. I, <laughs> I love Gilbert and Sullivan, and I've done quite a bit. Um, and you know that that was like that kind of transition between opera and musical theater called operetta. And where it's you kind of sing in the operatic style, but it's got speaking elements like musical theater does, and there's some some kind of dance music in some of it, and and um, and so yeah, I I love when opera companies do that. A lot of opera companies have been doing musical theater also, Um, you know, whether it's uh, Sweeney Todd or Man of La Mancha or West Side Story or. um, And so a lot of those musical theater pieces that lend themselves to some bigger singing too. So. Well, one of the pieces that really got me turned on to opera, and this was in, I believe, my junior year of high school, my parents got me a recording, and back then it was on cassette tapes. You know, you had to flip them over because it was four hours long. Uh-huh. But it was West Side Story mm-hmm. and Leonard Bernstein conducting, yeah. but it was not the standard Natalie Wood recordings. Uh, this yeah. was Kiri Takanawa, uh-huh. and this was a guy named Kurt Ullman. Yeah. Yep. And, and Jose Carreras. Yeah. And I'll tell you, uh-huh. the, it was amazing. My first thought when I listened to it was, this is a musical. This doesn't work. I can't understand the words. But then I started really listening to what Bernstein was doing in the music. Yeah. 
And it was beautiful. All of a sudden, I was understanding Tony and Maria beyond just the lyrics. Mm -hmm. I was hearing the music of tonight. I was hearing the, the grandiose nature of it. And I think it was in A Boy Like That and I Have a Love, mm -hmm. where to this day, I use that with my acting students. Mm -hmm. And I have them watch that. I have them watch on YouTube. Leonard Bernstein conducting it, mm -hmm. and also Kiri Takano, and <laughs> this is my ignorance, I can't remember who sings Anita, uh, but I have them watch The Passion and how they don't care what they look like. It's all about feeling it mm -hmm. and living up to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. did, did you have any moments like that when you were inspired to, oh, uh, to get into opera? Yeah, so many. Um, you know, I, I think of... The first opera I was ever in was uh, Carmen, mm -hmm. and and the there's a big uh, chorus at the end, the Tordiador chorus, and it was the dun 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 dun. dun, dun. Most people have probably heard, heard it, no. right? Yeah, and and that's the thing. There's so much opera, you know, tunes that people have heard and they just don't know it, whether yeah. it's on commercials or movie soundtracks yeah. or Bugs Bunny or whatever it was. But um, uh, when when I sang that on stage in a performance for the first time, I got goosebumps listening to, to the other people singing around me, and I was like, this is really cool. <laughs> you know, and I had been in a lot of musicals growing up, but I had never experienced anything quite like that because I think opera, the, the, the kind of voices that you, the kind of singing that you use to, to sing opera, traditionally there's no microphone. It's unamplified. Um, and so experiencing it live is different than even listening to a recording of it yeah. mm -hmm. because there's something physical yeah. feeling the vibrations of that big of singing that's really kind of visceral and exciting yes. to experience. Yeah. That's right. I don't mean to trivialize it at all, but I'm going to equate that to baseball. Yeah. <laughs> if you, what? If you, <laughs> if you, I'm with you. <laughs> if, okay. Yeah. If, I'm if ready you watch this. baseball on TV, <laughs> it looks boring. I'm mm -hmm. sorry, but if you go to the stadium and you actually watch how these teams are working, and you can see the outfield along yeah. with the infield, you can right. see the yeah. strategy that they have. And I will never forget the first baseball game I went to. It was my beloved Seattle Mariners, uh, and I went to a game, and I was like, oh, I'm just kind of bored. I guess I'll hop the bus and go to a mm -hmm. baseball game. And holy cow, it was exciting. And now when I watch it on TV. I do get the sense of, oh, my gosh, I know what they're doing in the outfield. I understand mm -hmm. this as a game. Mm -hmm. um, and I would imagine it's kind of the same with opera and such. You can watch it on TV right. or you can hear a recording. But when you see it, yeah. the majesty mm -hmm. of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing quite like live opera. Uh, but, you know, the the Met and HD productions are really great, too. You know, I really enjoy them because it gives you a more up-close and personal uh, view of the singers so it's different it's different than seeing a big stage in your way back sitting it's glorious and grand and I'm all for live opera mm -hmm. but I also love the matinee broadcast it gives a whole nother level of, of, of a personal touch just being up close and that's also why I like that we're having seen you know St. George Opera is because we may not have to be on these big grand stages like the Met and, you know, Chicago Opera or Utah Opera, you know, even with their big sets and stages. It's like we're going to – sure, that would be wonderful, but at the same time, opera is not just about that. It's not just about the grandiose. It's about the music and the, the emotion and the feeling and the acting and everything combined and what you can do with it to show the intent of the composer or the music that's there. And so I love that 
what we're doing is bringing opera, even if it's on a smaller scale, to the people so that you can experience that as well to find what it is about it that's so endearing to those of us Mm -hmm. that do it. Yeah, and that's why I'm excited about doing it at Kanta this season is because it is a a more intimate setting. Oh, yeah. And so you can be right up close to the singers Mm -hmm. and, and see what's going on and... And, you know, watch it happen, not from 200 feet away, but from And Kant is such a beautiful place it's, it's to perform. Yep. If no one's been out there, I mean, who, if you haven't been, you need to drive out there. It's only 20 mm-hmm. minutes, and it's just a beautiful area with yep. the Center for the Arts out there. They've built and, this beautiful place. And our, our closing night of, mm-hmm. of uh, La Traviata at the end of the season is going to be during their arts festival also. <gasps> so there's going to be all kinds of fun oh, stuff going on out there. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Yes. So, so it's going to be really now, cool. Speaking you, of food trucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And there's good food out there, let me tell you. Yeah. Now, you've involved children in these shows. Right. And uh, how have you seen, uh, is, do you have a lot of children? Have you have you had a lot of people that have wanted their children to participate? Uh, actually, we've been really small. So we hope that, you know, those of you that will, are listening will share this with every parent that you know, because our Young Friends of Opera program, we are just, we've just started it last year and it's new and we've had maybe 10, 12 kids involved. Mm-hmm. We want it to grow big and eventually we'll have a summer camp for kids and you're going to be, they're going to performing their own operas and it'll take oh. elementary through high school and college combined with amateurs professionals it's it's really really exciting um we hope to you know once we get some more donors and sponsors Mm -hmm. and funders volunteers those are other programs there's so many programs we want to start but we got to start somewhere and for now we're going to try to give you opera and then you know branch out for our outreach programs and we want to start our summer camp eventually and and give students the chance to perform in a lot of great works as well so uh yeah we have more information on young friends of opera that's open year-round to kids that want to join so we'd love to have more children join us yes what a great experience and college students as well well, yeah. there's something called Amy's Academy uh, that I wanted to ask you about, <laughs> oh. certainly. What, what's that about? Oh, that's just my private studio. I teach voice lessons and piano lessons, and so that's just my, my own individual private Great. studio. So, you know, anybody that needs piano or voice, I'm here. Yes. And I teach, Dave, you know, Dr. David Sauer teaches, and I teach adjunct here at Dixie as well, okay. voice lessons and... Privately, I, I, you know, I'd be happy to answer more. Anyone has questions about that? And you have, and you take anyone of any age. Yep, any age <laughs> that has a desire to sing. Yeah, or correctly. even play. I have a, I have a piano student that's in her later sixties, and I told her how wonderful it is that she's playing, yeah. both for her brain and her finger dexterity, and mm-hmm. you know, and uh, my mom, she's always said, oh, I need to start piano and work up my brain because she can't remember things as well. And I said, that's a great way to do it. So, <laughs> yeah. yep, any age. Mm-hmm. And um, we're excited that La Boheme has a children's chorus as part of it. So in, in uh, the second act, it's the Christmas market, and there's a toy seller. Oh, wow. And, and they follow them around, and it's a really fun fun part. So there's there's stuff for kids. In, yeah, so well, and it's audition. such a beautiful show. Uh-huh. Yes. It really is. Exposing, and it, to expose your family to their first opera being this one, wouldn't that, that would be exciting. Yeah. 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 What a great choice. But it's something yeah. that I found with in, in looking at the small towns around the country and looking at other opera guilds, opera companies, things of that sort. Something that I'm actually having a little difficulty finding are the mission statements for them. A lot of times they really are just groups of people who love opera and they get together. What are the goals of St. George Opera? Yeah, so we we have a threefold mission statement. You want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Uh, The mission of St. George Opera is to nurture talent, provide uh, musical 
experiences and opportunities and produce quality operatic productions. So really that's what we're focusing on. We want to nurture talent from uh, at every level, you know, like I said, amateur, young through professional. And um, we want to provide a variety of musical education opportunities. So not just with opera, but, um, you know, our out- obviously we're an opera company, so we're going to focus on opera most. But like I said, our Halloween shows, our Valentine show, they, they all, our concerts include musical theater, they include classical art song, they include um uh, you know, contemporary songs. So it's really fun that we have a mix along with opera uh, through the programs that we offer. Uh, and ev- like I said, eventually as we grow and we have more support, we have so many really fun community projects like family community center um opera classes oh, for fun. parents and children that introduce opera in a really fun way mm-hmm. to the families and it's very engaging and it's hands-on I I mean we could go on for hours talking about the programs we want to build a, a you know a, 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 a homeless I'm stumbling over my words now too I guess last one to join the club today uh, <laughs> but you know an opera for the homeless program that they've I've talked to a lady in the UK who's implemented that with great success and getting people People involved that are, you know, we want to make a difference, not just to perform for people and entertain, which is great. It's noble. But like I told David when he joined, one of my missions is to do more than that. If our arts aren't doing anything but entertain, that's not enough for me to, to stay involved. We need to serve and help in other ways, help heal, heal wounds, heal hearts, heal problems, hunger, abuse. I, I mean, it could go on and on. Homelessness. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how. But I feel like if we can't use our art to heal in addition to entertain, then as great as it is for me, that's not enough. So we have lots of great things coming up. We just need more support to do it. So if you're interested, come join our guild. Come join and be a volunteer. Come be a sponsor. Come be a donor. We need it all. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that dedication to what the arts can do in addition to just entertain. One of my absolute favorite movies is a movie called The Dresser. Uh, and it's about a, a Shakespearean company, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily opera, but a really touching scene in that that you just reminded me of is actually after one of the bombings uh, over during World War II. And a, a city has been leveled, absolutely leveled. And it's a city wherein this theater company is going to be performing Othello. And there's a shopkeeper, and it's heartbreaking. He's just sitting on the rubble of what was his home and his shop. And he's not even crying. What, what do you do at that point when the emotion is so high? And uh, Albert Finney, who plays the lead actor, walks over to him and simply rips a ticket out of the ticket book for that evening and says, here's a ticket to our performance of Othello tonight. I trust it will help. And it, what a wonderful, wonderful mm-hmm. use of mm-hmm. art to hopefully build people up. Yes, well, mm-hmm. I remember back in 19, let's see, 91, it was my senior year of high school, and there was a gentleman that lived here. He's passed away. His name was Gene Larson. He was a opera singer. He had moved to St. George, and it was very small. St. George was tiny back then. There was nobody really around. And he started an opera company, and he had us perform at the Tabernacle. Cool. This is many years ago. And he embraced me as a vocal t- uh, student. And I will never forget the experience that summer I had working with him through those workshops at the Tabernacle. And 
he passed away shortly after his dream was to start an opera company in St. George. That's why my heart is so taken with you guys doing this because I, this man was incredible and his talent and his humility. And that's all he wanted for St. George and, and for Southern Utah was just to have an opera company and it fizzled out. And I'm so glad to see it coming back because that was a lifesaver for me during that summer to just share in those experiences and hear those voices. And we were just local people, but we, I learned so much at 19 from him, and it was a wonderful experience. So thank you for bringing this back. Yeah. It is needed in this area, and so many children need this. Right? Yeah, well, and, and that was something that, you know, that's missing here. You know, we, we have all kinds of great art. We've got art galleries and museums and dance mm-hmm. and theater, but there wasn't any opera. Mm-hmm. And as I'm sure everybody that lives here knows, St. George is the fastest growing metropolitan wow, city in the yes, country, right? Yes. Um, and so there's no reason that, that we shouldn't have something yes. like this here at, at this point. And, and um, so we're, we're excited to be able to provide that. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Well, we've alluded to the fact that singing, this was a while ago in the interview, but it is almost an athletic. Oh, totally. Uh, it, oh, I mean, yeah. it's full yeah. body. Yeah. <laughs> now, a lot of people take voice lessons. You know, they go and I've taken them pretty much. It's almost like piano lessons. Everybody's <laughs> taking piano lessons <laughs> in, in their lives. But singing lessons, what did those comprise of? You don't just go and sing songs like, hey, sing this. No. How do you train to be yeah. an opera singer? Um, yeah, I mean, for me, really good singing and and this is any kind of singing, but it's it's amplified in opera because everything has to be correct for it to work right. Yeah. Um, is is really a set of very simple but specific actions that your body does that then have to be well coordinated coordinated together. And so good voice lessons, I you know good voice lessons. There's there's all kinds of <laughs> yes. as, as I'm sure there's all kinds of piano lessons out there, but uh, teach you what those actions are. You know. In regards to breathing and support and, uh, you know, mouth and tongue position, you know, different things like that, uh, relaxing tension, um, and then help you to coordinate those together um, correctly so that the result is is really good singing. And then you add on artistry and musicality, good phrasing, dynamics, all of those things Mm -hmm. too. But, um, but yeah, it it really is... um, you know, in in the difference with singing versus playing uh, an instrument like piano or violin or something like that is the you're learning how to play, uh, you know, an, an external instrument. Whereas in singing, your instrument's your body, obviously, and that instrument already exists. You just have to figure out how to make it work. Um, and and so it's, it's it is it's it's a whole different thing. It's yeah. I, and it's a lot more personal, yeah. I think, oh, because. Yes. Because yeah. if you don't do good, it's not like oh, you know the 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 guitar's out of tune or something like that. It's it's you, it's right? It's your tune, body, yeah. <laughs> and so it's 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 a lot more vulnerable yeah. um, than than I think just about any other kind of music yeah. for mm-hmm. me at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In teaching voice and diction to actors, one of the things that I've noticed we do singing. Now, please know mm-hmm. that's like you know me sitting here next to Bobby Flay saying, "Yeah, I do barbecue." <laughs> um, it, it's it, it, but we do sing a little bit just to uh-huh. uh, listen. And that's really what we're working on is listening to each other, choral work. And I have noticed when we do the singing, there is always a student or two that loses it emotionally. Mm-hmm. And that's not my intention with it, but I, I'm assuming that's the personal nature of it. When I ask somebody to sing who's been told all their lives, you can't sing. Or even they, they hold some emotion in their body. Mm-hmm. And singing kind of forces them to release that. Mm-hmm. It's 
kind of <laughs> this is going to make me sound terrible, but it's kind of exciting yeah. as a teacher when yeah. that happens. Yeah. Totally. I, yeah, I, I I love those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I love about opera too. Is and and we talked about this a little bit, little bit before, but it really is the kind of the combination and culmination of all kind of art forms combined together. Yeah. Um, because there is there's acting, there's all of the stagecraft, there's singing, there's instrumental music, there's dance. There's drama, there's sets, there's costumes, there's all of it combined together in a way that really doesn't happen in, 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 in any other place. I can't talk again. Yeah, it's, <laughs> no, it's Wagner, Wagner called it Gesamtkunstwerk. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that again. Art, the total artwork. Gesamtkunstwerk. Gesamtkunstwerk. That is on the art. I'm going to say one of the uh, more amusing times I've had going to see the opera was actually where there was a mishmash of styles Mm -hmm. on stage. Now, I've heard of park and bark where, you know, put one foot forward and you sing. And I I had the pleasure of going to Seattle Opera to see Morning Becomes Electra. Mm -hmm. And it was one of my opera idols, if you you can say that, Kurt Ullman. Uh, who was in that West Side Story recording. And I was so excited to hear Kurt Ullman live. And it was directed by a gentleman named Bart Scher, who's gone on to be a uh, Tony Award-winning director Mm -hmm. in New York. He's directed many Tony shows, uh, but he does a lot of opera as well. And what was great about him is he was trying to bring a level of naturalistic acting to the stage as well as the singing. And I don't think Kurt is listening right now, but, you know, <laughs> bless his artistic head, he could not move and sing at the same time. Mm. And it was really interesting watching him. And of course, he was old school. And also you know, watching these new singers, these young singers who had been trained to move and act while they were singing, it was just really interesting to see that. Um, do you have a preference as to how your opera is presented? Are you more old school? Are you new school? No. I yeah, I, I love that naturalistic style. Yeah. yeah um Park and bark is not in anymore. Uh, now th- there there are times where you have to just stand and sing because the music's yes. so difficult that you can't really do anything else. But that's not most of the time, um, and and so it's it's drama. It needs yeah. to it needs to look real. Mm-hmm. It can't be stiff and fake. Otherwise, it it loses its magic. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And Kurt Ullman, please know if you are listening, it was magical, just in a different way. <laughs> yeah, also. right. We're going to get a phone call now. <laughs> His agent is going to yeah. shoot yeah. me out. Now you can come direct here, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe that'll bring him to the area, which would be great. In fact, I don't know if he's done anything since he yeah. becomes a lecturer, I'm assuming. Um, but anyhow, as is always the case, we are starting to run out of time yes, uh, yes, for today. And uh, I just want to give last word to you folks. What do you want us to know about St. George Opera? Yes. Yeah, we, we want people to come. And, and enjoy and experience something maybe they've never been to an opera before. Come and try it out. And I I can't guarantee, but I will bet that you will love it, um, that you will hear some, some things that you've never heard before in a way that you've never heard them, experience music that maybe you've never experienced, and and maybe you'll find that you, that you really enjoy it and want to come back for more. Oh, fantastic. Well, that's where yeah. in using the opera in my acting classes, mm-hmm. I always say, I don't care if you like it. Let's mm-hmm. just learn to appreciate. Mm-hmm. And I actually had a student who came up to me uh, last semester who was adamant against it, liked rap. You know, Hamilton was as far uh, theatrical as they went. Yeah. Uh, but they actually came up to me and confided in me afterward. They said, you know, this is kind of cool. Do you have any other recordings? And 
I was happy to share it. And so our audience just needs to keep on to your website. They just look at your website to find yep. out information. Yeah, stgeorgeopera.com. Okay. You can find out how to volunteer and donate and, and get to involved. audition and get involved. All of that. Get involved, yep. people. Yeah, get Let's involved. keep this going. Well, Phew. thank you Thanks. so much yeah. to our guest. We hope all of our listeners will yes. keep your attention out there towards opportunities both to participate and to observe. And we hope until you hear from us again on Thursday well, at 4 p.m., yeah. you keep your focus on the yeah. arts. You've been listening to On the Arts with Michael and Christina Harding. Search Facebook, YouTube, Podbean, Spotify for Radio St. George to view video and podcasts of this show or go to RadioStGeorge.com. Join us Tuesdays and Thursdays at 4 for On the Arts on Radio St. George 100.3.